This is the Dirt Reporter for the week of January 17th. I'm your host, D. Swab, Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of Kevin Kovac and Kyle McFadden. As you can see below me, Todd Turner is still out on the sabbatical. We will have some guests coming on uh, here in the next few weeks, but right now we're just going with the big three, the Boston Free Party. Uh, as I guess I'll be Paul Pierce, you can be Kevin Garnett, uh, Kovac, and then uh, Kyle McFadden, you can be Ray Allen shooting the free ball a little bit. Um, Bobby Pierce looked to be on his way to a $100,000 bonus. Bobby Pierce looked like he was going to win five of six at Votto Speedway. But Heartbreak Hotel, Kyle Larson was tracking him down. Pierce gets a flat tire there and uh, ends his bid of winning that bonus. He's still got a twenty-five k bonus. But a hundred grand would have been nice. I think if he would have won that race and got the hundred grand bonus, he was on pace Kovac to win three point four million dollars on the year. So he was uh he was looking pretty sporty there. But bad luck in the desert. That's why they had that bonus because a lot of things have to go your way in your favor to win four or five in a week like that. He comes up just short. Kyle Larson takes the finale, but you know the biggest storyline was there. Pierce getting that flat tire at the end of that race there on Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, five in a row is is difficult anywhere. You know, it's it's difficult on a weekly at a weekly track. Uh, you just have every have to everything go right. You have to have those those breaks going your way, and 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 really, uh, Pierce did. I mean, everything was really going his way all week, even when he, you know, he didn't pick a right tire or he wasn't the the quite fastest car. You know, uh, he still came out on top. <laughs> Other than that second place finish in the opener. He got on a roll, and I mean, he was starting up front each week, each race. I mean, that, that that's really important too, uh, to get on that front row. I mean, I think he was in the front row just about every night, other than one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or at least he won a heat race to be in the top four each night, uh, and, and that put him in position to to be able to to go for a win without having to really, you know, pass many cars. And uh, and I, I as soon as as soon as you see him take the lead in the last night, you're like, man, this this is it. This is it. He's he's going to get a hundred grand, which no one's ever done. And and I'll point out, I did pick, I did I did my prediction in the fast talk last week was that he would win three of the last four races uh, uh, after after those first after after splitting the first two. And um, you know, it would have been neat to see him win four or five in a row to get that bonus. But man, he still got he got he 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 made my prediction come true. So I felt good about that. <laughs> but uh, but he didn't feel good about getting that flat. But he he, he accepted it well. Would the thing is, I think Kyle can expand on this way more too. Man, it was that would have been one heck of a finish. It happened with what seven six or seven to go, and uh, and Kyle Larson was right there. You know, he had finally gotten his you know, legs under him after having some struggles in qualifying all week. And, and here it is. I mean, this was going to be another battle right down to the wild possibly man. We could have had another race of the year, or at least finish of the year. Uh, just like last year in the finale, if that would have, uh, if, if that flat tire wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Kyle was just uh go to you that Sunday race, big money on the line. We're going to see two of the best drivers in the country running the cushion uh, in dirt late model races. I know Kyle's like very, very part-time, but he's still one of the best. He passed so many cars this week. Uh, just kind of wish that he started up front for most of them. I'm sure if you asked him, he would think the same way, but what was just Pierce's reaction? You were on the grounds there and just describe that, you know, that finisher and then ultimately Kyle Larson getting the win. 
Yeah. Um, that definitely had all the makings to be at least the finish of the year, probably not race of the year because I mean, last year's race of the year and that same uh, finale came down to Bobby Pierce and Kyle Larson last year, this time at Vado and uh, all that Bobby Pierce was really thinking about was, Oh man, like this thing's we're in for, he's in for another dogfight here with Larson on his tail. And um, it was interesting to, you know, hear both of them, both Bobby and Kyle talk about, just kind of what they were processing down toward the end of that race. Kyle thought like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to catch him. And if he were able, or if he was going to catch Bobby, um, he would have to, to make a mistake or break or slip up or something would have to happen, get in traffic and get behind a lap car in traffic. Something were to, were to happen. Um, but like Bobby that whole time, I mean, he, <laughs> He was counting down the laps and he was he was he was holding on there toward the end because he could feel his tires really start to go go away from him. And um, he had selected that uh, the harder compound um, of the four compounds on his right rear and a Larson. He went with threes all the way around, which is the second hardest compound. And it's a little softer and. Uh, Larson, I mean, he took off after that last restart. It was like 13 or 14 laps left. Like he was just kind of middling, like in that race, um, fast enough to certainly be there, like at the end. But after that last restart, I mean, he turned it up a notch and really kicked it into high gear there. And uh, Bobby's tires just uh, weren't the same. People thought that he maybe ran over something. His dad, Bob, thought that he ran over something after after the race. And but uh, they were really looking over that tire and honestly like he just ran it so hard that it it, it had blistered and, and and just gave away and so uh, Bobby certainly thought that if that race went green like it was going to be a toss-up and so um yeah he wasn't overly up, upset afterward I mean like if I had told Bobby like at the beginning of the week like I had this conversation with him like if you were to win four of these things come out of here with a $25,000 bonus. And as the points champ, uh, you know, he, he would gladly take that. And so, uh, but then also too, on the flip side of that, I mean, he was in, in position to win all six every single night. I mean, he could have easily won all six races and, and cashed in on that $300,000 bonus. But I mean, that, that it just speaks like volumes to, and I wrote, a, I wrote a story on this. So you, you can check it out, but um, just having two of the best racers on the planet right now, no matter the discipline, uh, you know, to have a guy like Bobby Pierce win 34 times last year. I mean, there's no other, there's really no other discipline in motorsports really where a guy can win 34 times, right. And collect three championships and then have Kyle Larson, who we all know what he's capable of to have those two guys go down to the wire I mean, you couldn't have asked for a much better staged finish. Unfortunately, we never could see the uh, the the full end, the full picture to what was really shaping up to be there. So, on the bright side, it was it, it, it was fun, like while it lasted. But unfortunately, wish we had the finish that I feel like we all deserved to see there.
Yeah, it was a great time at Votto. Bobby Pierce dominated as well. Uh, just really quick, give me 30 to 60 seconds. I'm going to go to both of you. It was just one other thing that caught your eye at Votto Speedway over the week at the Wild West Shootout. Kovac, I'll start with you. Uh, I did like that Kay Dillard was so strong the entire week. Or maybe Kay Dillard and Garrett Alberson. Uh, those are two guys that um, weren't, uh, you know, they, they had some struggles last year. They they didn't have the seasons that they wanted. Um, you know, uh, I, I know that, uh, that Cade strengthened out. He got a little stronger towards the end of the year. Uh, not so much for Garrett, but they both came out very strong. They were both like in the mix each night. And uh, Cade won the first. Garrett could have won several races. I mean, what, I think he had three runner-ups and five uh top fives in, in there. And, and I mean, the worst was a sixth. So, uh, Garrett was really, really strong. I mean, that's got to send his confidence level up really big going into speed weeks. And the same with Kate Dillard, who, who got off to a slow start last year. I think he goes to um, Volusia for the world of outlaws uh, this weekend with a lot more confidence heading into, you know, his touring season. And then, and, and Garrett will do the same when he goes to Golden Isles next week. Kyle McFadden. Yes, yeah, Stormy Scott uh, put his new chassis brand with Jason Durham Category 5 race cars uh, in the top five last two nights and even had a podium there on Saturday night, too. So wrote a whole story on that. Uh, Stormy Scott and Jason Durham launching their own chassis brand with uh, Bruce Nunley. So uh, Bruce built performance and you know he's Bruce. I mean, he, he's a well-known fabricator, chassis builder in the industry and so to to watch the progression there of Stormy, who at the beginning of the week was 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 way off the radar, um, to see the progress that he made there with Jason Durham and, and that new chassis, um, which now they're going to take two two months off here to build some more cars. So don't know when the next time we'll see them. Probably mid March, but uh, that was certainly one other thing outside of Kovacs observations that I took away from the wild west shootout week. I'd have to go a shout, give a shout out to the track prep crew. Uh, the weather was nasty. Uh, there was wind. There was, you couldn't even see 500 yards at some of the races at that point. They worked their tail off, but maybe not as memorable bangers that we saw the previous two years at the wild west shootout, but the racing was damn good guys coming from the back to the front. Uh, good passes for the lead. Uh, just want to give them a shout-out. That was really what stuck out to me uh, during the mini-series out there. Speaking of weather, Kovac, uh, I'm just going to type it in right now. We are starting Speed Weeks tomorrow at Volusia Speedway Park for the Sunshine Nationals. Uh, hard to believe that we're starting this early. Right now, their weather for the week is 69-70 and then a cold 52 degrees on Saturday, but this is what you get when you race in January. The World of Outlaws kickoff in Barberville, Florida, at one of our favorite racetracks in the country, Volusia Speedway Park. I think this is, what, the fourth year they're starting the Sunshine Nationals? I think roughly 2019 might have been the first one. I can't remember, 2020, one of the two, but either way, uh, we're starting Speed Weeks early, and we get to see that World of Outlaws action kick off uh, pretty early this season. Yeah, it's again, yeah, it's a, like a man. It's it's kind of weird seeing. I keep saying it like since they started the Sunshine Nationals, it's weird seeing Volusia uh, in the middle of January or late January starting off a Speed Weeks uh, run. This is like where you wait to go to the end of it, you know. And now it kind of changes the 
the feel up a little. And, uh, and, and it's definitely a, I haven't been to the sunshine nationals, but just looking at it, you could tell it's a, it's a different feel than, than you get that, that week that we go all the time, you know, leading up into the Daytona 500. I mean, there's just not as many people down there uh, in Florida yet. Uh, so the crowds aren't going to be that, that, that huge, uh, you know, big, 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 uh, big capacity of, of, of Volusia. They're not going to be filling that place up uh, for the Sunshine Nationals. Uh, but there's a lot of cars in the pit still. I mean, there's all kinds of crate cars. And uh, man, that first year, I think they had it. They really, they were overwhelmed almost by the cars and there was too much racing, you know, to, to go at a, at a, at a reasonable time. And I think they've made changes on that. I see like in the, the prelim, prelim nights, they're just running, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, splitting those crate cars up in uh, separate little features and rather than run all kinds of heats and stuff. So that's a good change. Still, it's a it, it's a different feel for uh you know to to get going. But I know, I mean, heck, a lot of the most of the uh, guys that if they weren't out at, at the Wild West shootout, there was already guys down there in in Florida or Georgia. They were already practicing. It seemed like I I, I just seen that that uh that Kyle Bronson and Jonathan Davenport were at Golden Isles, um you know just a uh, a day ago I think it was I seen pictures. So I mean, guys have been Max Blair's been down there for at least a week. I know he went to the Miami Dolphins game, uh, the finale uh, last week, and, and then tried to get some practice in after that. And um, so, so guys are already down there. It's not like it's a. It, it doesn't seem like it extends speed weeks for anybody because they'd be down there practicing anyway. So I guess they might as well race. Your boy Boom got there you. a couple days ago. There we go. Your boy Boom got there. A Boom was down. Ago, so. Yeah, they're back. There. Well, he's got a nice little place down there in Lake Okeechobee. So if the weather's terrible I up know. in Pennsylvania, you might as well go down and race. So I think that's a lot of the what's on the mind for the racers. Uh, Kyle McFadden, are you making your Volusia debut this weekend? Are you going to be able to get there first off? I am. Well, hopefully weather's cleared out here by the morning. Obviously, we're recording this on on a Tuesday, and I'm flying out when the podcast is going to get launched here. So. Yeah, I mean, I just got I just got done shoveling some snow before we recorded this podcast. And it's like 20 degrees here in Maryland where I'm at. So looking forward to, hey, even if it's a cold 50, quote unquote, down there on Saturday night, I'll still be probably rocking shorts or something. It'll be a heck of a lot warmer than where it's at here and probably where you guys are at too. But yeah, Volusia debut. Yeah. Uh, I'm Look jealous to that, and, and uh, what do you say there? I said I'm jealous. I love Volusia. Yeah, I mean, I'm man. I mean, I've heard a lot of stories from you know that place, and you watch it on TV or on the stream, and to see how fast it is, and even turn some laps on the iRacing rig and simulator, and I mean that place yeah. is is, is wild, wild fast. I mean things happen at a rapid rate there. Laps click away and at a rapid rate and I uh, just look forward to kind of taking that all in, in person and going from one entirely different end of the country where the weather's dry as can be and super cold at night at Vado and going a completely different, you know, uh, setting and scenery. I, I would imagine at uh, like Volusia where it's probably going to be super humid and, and, uh, really swampy and uh, just total opposite of what we just came out of at Vado. But 
Uh, no, these 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 teams, as like Kovac was saying, you know, guys have been hitting it hard here to start the year testing or out at Vado. And so the times have certainly not stopped <laughs> for the elites of the sport. And Kyle, I got some good recommendations for food for you this week. Are you staying in Ormond Beach? I'm not in that area. I am. Uh, well, you gotta go. You gotta go to the Ocean Deck one night, right, Kovac? They got some good. Oh, fish. he's gotta go there. Uh, yeah, you gotta go to the Ocean, Ocean Deck. Deck. So get your notepad out. Ocean Deck, top on the list. Time, go there yeah. for lunch. You get. You'll. My, you'll. You'll see some characters there, no doubt about that. You'll. Uh, you'll see some people having happy. That's the one thing about Florida is people are always having happy hours. People are always eating apps, but Ocean Deck is a great place. I'd put that at the top of my list if you're going to be in the Ormond Beach area. Kovac, how much has just Volusia improved in the last decade? The new stands, the signage is so damn good. So we're going to have some good racing there. I think they got to figure it out last year. Of course, two years ago, we had that debacle with the racetrack, and they had to cancel a lot of the modifieds and sprint cars. But I think we're going to be good this year. I think they got a good base on it. The racing was phenomenal last year, as we saw Hudson O'Neill uh, rally from 23rd to get the victory there in the final night of the Dirt Car Nationals. But – World of Outlaw preview time. Do the rest of the World of Outlaw guys are attempt or trying to, you know, run the series? Should they just pack it up and go home? I think. I mean, after Bobby Pierce's Votto week, I think a lot of guys might be thinking, at least us on our end, the uh, the analysts, it's pretty much Bobby Pierce's championship to lose, in my opinion. Yeah, that actually remember last year at this time, we didn't even know Bobby Pierce was really running the series because that didn't even come out until we got, uh, you know, we started racing at Volusia that that Sunshine Nationals. That's when he showed up and was like, I, I, I'm putting my name, I'm throwing my name in the mix and I'm going to try to try to run this whole series. And, and how many people doubted him, though, too? I mean, how many were like, oh, you know, Bobby Pierce will, you know, he has too much stuff in the Midwest. There's too many races. Once we get to summer nationals time, he'll probably just do that. And I, I think I remember talking to Bob Pierce, you know, I talked to, to Bobby's dad after, after the season, after he wins the championship and Bob was, you know, sort of thinking, I mean, he knew that everybody was thinking that and, and he was, uh, but he had had this sense that Bobby was going to like push through it. He was, he wanted to like go to another level, take it up to not just being that big fish in that Midwest pond, but you know, go up to the big, the real big ocean, I guess, of the world of outlaws and on a national level and show what he can do. And man, and the season he had was incredible. And, and, and if you just look at what he did, especially that second half of the season when man, his win rate went like skyrocketing. Um, and, and then, you know, see what he, how he started this season now with the, with this performance out at Vado. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like you look at that, and you're like, "This is this is no contest. This is going to be a blow away for Bobby Pierce." But this, there's a reason why they run all the races, and uh, and uh, there's going to be because Bobby Pierce did so well last year, because he's done so well this past week. There's going to be guys that have been working their asses off to get better. And if you look through the list uh, of drivers that are returning to the Outlaws, you see a whole bunch of them that should be better like if you look at it arguably they will be better you know brandon shepherd another year with uh longhorn i mean as long as brandon doesn't decide to go run lucas after having a great start with lucas during speed weeks um 
He has a great – Chris Madden was better at the end of last year. Ryan Gustin's already got a win this year with his new team. Nick Hoffman has a – it's his second year with uh, as a late-mile driver, so he's going to have to be better. I mean, uh, you know, also Tanner – I mean, every you just go down the list, and everyone could be better. So maybe, you know, it depends on – Bobby Pierce looks better, though, too. That's the thing. Yeah, we're only going to see BP32 at uh, both Volusia's. I think he's going to New Zealand to race mm-hmm. a couple couple of times, so we won't see him at the other Speed Week races. So uh, he's going to go with the same schedule as he did last year as he ran both only the Volusia tracks. Uh, see if he can defend his title. All right, Kyle McFadden, he's clearly the favorite, but tell me why guys like Chris Madden, Brandon Shepard, uh, Ryan Gustin, Nick Hoffman, Tanner Ingles, like that next group of guys that could be knocking at the door – how are they going to be able to beat Bobby Pierce this coming season? Because it's it's going to be very tough. And like we said, Bobby Pierce ain't slowing down anytime soon. So how can one of those four or five guys compete and maybe knock off uh, Bobby Pierce from the throne of the world of outlaws? Well, if there's one thing that's going for those guys, as you had mentioned, um, when it comes to Bobby Pierce, I mean, at, at some point you'd think, I mean, he'd, I don't want to put a ceiling on Bobby or say that he's like about to reach his or about to max out his potential. But at some point you'd have to think like he's going to plateau, right? Like, you know how the sport goes in cycles and, and I mean, it's, it's very rare to see a driver just dominate, especially in this day and age um, with. So, I mean, everything's so close technology and things are always evolving, but I think when you're looking at, a guy like Chris Madden, I'll just start there. I mean, he finished 16 of his 17 races since switching to that Longhorn in the top eight. Never, he only finished outside of that top eight once, and that was at the World 100. Um, and then he had seven straight podiums to end the year um, in that Longhorn, and two of those wins being at the National 100 and Blue Gray 100. And then Brandon Shepard, I mean, he's got two of the best minds in the sport. And Kevin Rumley and Randall Edwards, and he's got Steve Arpin too um, here this week to open up at Volusia. So, I mean, you have that three-headed brain trust there, three of the, you could say, yeah, three of the top five minds in the sport up there with Mark Richards and um, a few others that are slipping my mind. But, like, when you look at Chris Madden, I mean, he's, he's just so determined to – to win that first outlaw championship. Right. I mean, I don't know how many good solid years left that Chris has. I'd imagine he has, you know, he's, he, he probably isn't even thinking about, you know, when, you know, his last year is going to be, or, you know, how close he could be approaching that. But if I'm Chris Madden, I'd have to think like, if I'm in his shoes, um, you know, he's going to do like whatever it, it takes, um, and, and just be up uh, more attentive and just more determined to um, to keep pace with Bobby. And even though that Bobby Pierce has, has set an incredible pace, a, a pace that few have seen the match, I mean, any competitor will tell you that, like, they want to go up against that. And they would, they, they would much rather face that head on than not face it at all because it, it, it it, it makes everybody else behind them better. And then when you're looking, when you're looking behind Chris Madden and Brandon Shepard, I think like Pierce is on his own tier. And then I think 
tier two is Chris Madden and Brandon Shepard, who could easily be on Bobby's, you know, same the same plane as Bobby, but aren't right now. But after them, I mean, Cade Dillard, I mean, he's really turned it up a notch. I mean, I'd expect him to finish in the top five in points this year based off of how he's running now. But then you you look at the competition on if you want to call it tier three, you got Cade Dillard, you got Tanner English, who didn't really win a big race last year, but he was on the podium close to 20 times. Um, and then Kyle Bronson, he had a bounce back year from uh, his 2022 season. Brian Shirley, you could argue that was one of his best years last year. Nick Hoffman, as Kevin mentioned, I mean, he's only getting better. And then there's Dennis Serb, too, so who won the championship, obviously, in um, two, two uh, seasons ago now. But, you know, where's where's he going to fall? So I would say, like, any of those four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, nine guys that I had listed up to Bobby, any of those nine can win on a nightly basis there. And so, uh, but I think it's just going to come down to, like, okay, is Chris Madden, is he going to get back to form, uh, back to what we saw him in 2022? Who has the higher ceiling? Of those other eight drivers after a Bobby Pierce, obviously that's Brandon Shepard, but he hasn't really gotten off to the start or he didn't get off to the start at the Wild West shootout that we probably hoped for. So um, honestly, like we're, we're just going to have to see, right? So um, I like, I still like Bobby Pierce. It's, could be low-hanging fruit but i mean like it's hard to not pick against bobby it's totally his title to lose but he's gonna have tighter competition this year there's no doubt about that i'd be shocked if he went on his went on another rampage over the summer like he did last year because if if, if you look back last year like over the summer chris madden was in a in a rut Kate diller he was in a rut tanner english i mean he had uh, changed chassis at the end of the year for a reason. Kyle Bronson had his ebbs and flows and Brian Shirley. I mean, that was his first year on the road in a long time. Nick Hoffman, his first season in a late model. So I don't, I just don't see Bobby Pierce going on another run that he did last year. Although he's, he's, he's the favorite. There's going to be tighter competition. That's for sure. And we can unpack that. So, Kevin Kovac, looking just at the schedule here, we're talking about how people are going to compete with Pierce. You got 13 races on the schedule that are either in the lane of Lincoln or directly touching the lane of Lincoln. If you count Iowa, Kentucky, Indiana, I just think if you're not going to go with Bobby Pierce, it would only maybe be Brandon Shepard. Maybe Ryan Gusson could win. A lot of these tracks are just kind of just fits Pierce. You're going to have the elbow up type racetracks tracks are going to deer creek you're going to cedar like other tracks he's had success in the past i think it's just gonna be very tough for the, some of these guys like i would hope chris madden can make some noise and make a t run for the title but a lot of those tracks he maybe doesn't like to get elbows up anymore which that's all right he still can win a lot of races with his driving style but if you just look at that schedule i just know how you don't pick him <laughs> and like the only guys uh, yeah, that can compete with him is maybe is shepherd yeah, it is pretty tough to to go against Bobby when you see that schedule. I mean, there's there's so many in his wheelhouse. Uh, there, that, that's why he did the World of Outlaws last year, I believe, when he kind of looked at the schedule and and seemed like, man, I'm going to be going to a lot of these races anyway. 
because they're, you know, in his, his region, not far from Illinois or in Illinois. And, um, and it seems like this year there's even, I think there's more, it seems, right? I mean, if, if I'm not mistaken, it seems like there's, uh, he, it even fits him even better. Um, and, and that's, that's, you know, you, you, you pair a driver with, uh, with uh, the kind of racetracks that he likes on a series and, and it's going to be tough, but, um, it's in, in the main, the main guy would be, would be Brandon Shepard. I mean, it's all, it's all about Brandon Shepard. Can he uh, recapture like the, the, the big winning form uh, that he had in the past, uh, you know, hope he, that's what he's hoping for a little more structure now with, uh, with Randall Edwards as his crew chief. Cause he didn't really have that, you know, ex- long time veteran crew chief last year. And, uh, and that'll help him uh, being able to watch the racetrack too. And, 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 and the crew chief that is telling him what's going on when he sees him out there, that, that should certainly help, uh, Brandon. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, it's all about, it, it's so much about who can you outdrive Bobby Pierce too. I think mean, Bobby, that 27 year old kid, man, he is on the, on the gas and he, he's not getting into as many, uh, situations and, and scrapes as, as he used to, you could see that. I mean, he, he still does. I mean, there was people that were mad at him when he won the one night at Vado because he, uh, he kind of got into some lapped cars. I mean, but that's aggressiveness. I mean, that's because he wants to win. It seemed like, I mean, he was not going to sit back there and follow a lapped car, uh, and, and, and let the guy behind him have a shot at the win. I mean, when you're in the lead, this, these, this day and age, you better make sure that you, you get aggressive in that traffic. And I mean, I saw that Bobby doing that all, all throughout the week. I mean, man, he would, he, he'd shoot it in there and, and make up three wide pass of between two lap cars uh, to make sure he would, would stay ahead. And, and that was a key. You don't see everybody do that. If you're going to beat Bobby Pierce, you're going to have to do that. Drivers are going to have to do that. And uh, he is, he is, he's at the top of his game. Um, and he's only getting better second year at a, with a, with a tour. I mean, some of the tracks that he didn't know now he's been to, and he knows, and even ones he went to for the first time, he was really good at. You were around him all week, Kyle McFadden. I'm just going to throw a name out here and just say true or false. Mike Marler will run the world of outlaws this year, just because I know Tyler Bruning, he's playing out running. So will we see Mike Marler running the world of outlaws? I know he's going to do speed weeks. He handed to us uh, during the wild west shootout preview video cast that he you know didn't really know what he was going to do so true or false we'll see mike marler on the wild west tour i'll say false there i mean he really likes his pick and choose schedule and he has really found a nice uh kind of balance with this schedule i feel like over the years and it allows him to to get better prepared for the eldora crown jewels and like some of the other bigger races in the sport but hey i mean if we would have done this show this time last year, and if you would have asked me if Bobby Pierce was going to stick it out on the Outlaw Tour, I'd also say heck no. So anything's possible. Um, I I would think that if 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 like Tyler Bruning's gonna, I mean he is signed up on the Outlaw Tour. If he is, then there's certainly like that has to add to the intrigue that Marler, you know, could have to run in the tour. But it's just all going to come down to where he's at after speed weeks. I mean, if he's out, if if he's outside the top ten, why bother? Uh, shoot, if he's outside the top five, you know, he's, he's probably not going to get a hard look at it. But um, I would say no. Uh, we're going to see more of the same schedule wise, probably with with uh, the Winfield Warrior. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I was just curious, maybe another, like sometimes, like you said, we can just get a guy out of nowhere like we did with Pierce last year to run the series. Cute. I mean, yeah, Kovac just, it, but it's also, if you're looking at that schedule, you're not racing much, or you're not, you're racing a decent amount, but you're not going fully a whole bunch of races. I think there's only 19 race weekends on that uh, on that tour this year. So, I mean, if you're kind of wanting to put your, dabble a little bit in the out or dabble in the national scene and you want to do other big races. I don't know why you want to do the world of outlaws. Bobby Pierce showed that last year. Okay. So now we're going to do over unders on some wins. Then we'll go to who you think is going to be the champion and then maybe rookie of the year to finish it off. So right now the favorite Bobby Pierce, I'm going to go with 14 and a half Kovac over under 14 and a half for Princey. I, I say under this year. Uh, I'm going to say under because uh, Brandon Shepard will win more races this year and Chris Madden will win more races. And I think Ryan Gustin's going to win. I mean, I, I just, like I said earlier, I think there's guys that are just going to be better and they're going to be able to take a few of those wins away from, from Bobby. I still think Bobby gets the double figures, but if, if you're going to say that number 14 and a half, uh, I'll, I'll go with the under. Under. All right, Kyle McFadden. Uh, I saw in one of your quotes that fifty might is might be a goal for Bobby this year. So if he's going to get over or going to get close to fifty, I would think maybe over under fourteen and a half for Pierce would be a lock for you, right? I I'm going to take the over. I'm going to say he gets to fifteen barely. Like I think um, it's just it's really weird saying that too because it's like. I made the point like he's going to have closer competition, but then like you, you see him at Vado and it seems like he's only getting better. So, but I'll stick to, I'll stick to 15. That sounds disrespectful, but um, to go with something different, I'll pick the over. All right. Brandon Shepard will go with five and a half Kovac. You said he's going to get more so. I know he didn't get many on the Outlaws last year, so I think this, hopefully for him, he's going to try to bounce back and get get over the five and a half, which I can't believe I'm saying that I'm putting that so low, I feel like, for Sheppy. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he didn't he didn't get many wins last year, you know, overall. He got some big wins, but not a lot of, a lot of wins, and uh, I think he gets back on track this year, not with like that. He's not going up by that 18, I don't feel. I don't have that feeling, but I, I'm going over for your five and a half. I say he gets six or seven. Kyle? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the over. I think seven's a solid number there for him, too. Um, he could easily get 10, uh, but we'll we'll stick with seven. Yeah. All right, so there's roughly around 50 races, maybe a little bit more. Uh, so that takes up 19 races that we're doing the over-under. So we got a little bit more wiggle room here because I'm just trying to make sure our math is good when you're doing all this. But uh, let's <laughs> see. Chris Madden, I think – you know, at the end of the year, he switched to Longhorn chassis. I think he found some feet speed. He's always a contender no matter where he goes. So I'll, go, I'll put his at seven and a half, Kevin Kovac. Is Chris Madden going to win more than that? Uh, I'm going to go right with that. Uh, I'm going to put that light on the under. I'm taking the under on that. I see five or six for, for Chris Madden this year. Definitely more than he's had. He's going to get I, – I, I believe he'll probably win one of these at, at Volusia this weekend, right out of the box. He's going to get one. Uh, out of the way, but five or six is going to be, uh, they'll, they'll be, at, they'll probably end up being less than 50 races. You get rain outs, you get cancellations, you get the weather and stuff. So, um, you know, it, it, the, how many, no matter how many races are on the schedule right now, that's not how many are going to be 
run. So we'll, we'll lose a few of them to the to the inevitable cancellations. Um, <clears throat> but I say I say a little bit under five or six for uh for Madden. All right, Kyle McFadden over under seven and a half. I'm gonna go right right on the edge of the over. We're uh, eight wins here for Chris Madden. I actually just like. As you guys were talking, I was tallying up how many wins I think each driver were, was going to get, and uh, this year, and I think if if Bobby's going to get 15 wins, there's still plenty of room left for everybody else to find victory lane, right? So, um, Chris Madden eight. All right, Nick Hoffman won a race last year in his rookie campaign, so I'm going to set it at one and a half. Kovac is Nick Hoffman. Uh, get the two this year and uh, double his win total from 2023. Yeah, he does. Uh, that win was back at state line. That was fairly early in the year too. Um, and then he wasn't able to, you know, he kind of had a little bit of that mid-year slump. And uh, I think he avoids that largely. He's he's still, you know, got a lot to learn in the late model. And I think he would admit that, you know, he's he uh, it's it doesn't just come magically in, in, in year two. Um, or you could sometimes get that sophomore slump also. Uh, but I say uh, he, he will win twice this year. He's going to get multiple wins. Kyle McFadden? Yeah, I think he's going to get uh, – I think there's three wins out there for him this year. Um, when you look back, as like Kevin was saying there, uh, I mean, he, he had some wins slip away from what I can recall. And so I just don't think he's going to make those same mistakes again. I think he's going to position himself better. I mean, shoot, he could come away this week with a win. I mean, he was really fast at Volusia last year, a couple top fives there, top tens. And um, I think he's good for three wins this year. All right, Kovac. How about let's do the – let's do the, the – Kyle Bronson, Brian Shirley, and – Dennis Herb Jr., I'll set them both at uh, two and a half, all three of them, two and a half. They, I think Shirley got one last year, Bronson got two, and I think uh, Dennis Herb Jr. got one as well. So can any of those guys make a leap? Because that's kind of the, you know, guys have been around the sport for a long time, have some national wins on their resume, but last year they didn't get as many as they'd like. So is this where they could bounce back? And maybe these are the mid, uh, the mid, not mid-tier, but uh, middle-aged guys, I guess I should say. Middle age. Well, because the other guys are Bronson in there. Yeah. Well, compared to the other guys on the tour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They are spaced out. These are like you know, it's got a fifty, a forty, and like a mid thirty there. So yeah, they are. They aren't like those young kids now. So um, two and a half for each of them. Uh, That that's a very good number actually, because that's about what you would like. You'd say two or three would be what you 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 might be looking at for each of them. Uh, They're not. Uh, you set half dozen wins that that's not what they've uh, really been doing uh, on the national tour. So if I would have to go, I'd, I'd say, how about we go uh, over for Dennis Herb Jr. I, I think he can get three and then just under for the other, other ones, one or two for Shirley and, uh, and Bronson. All right. Kyle McFadden, last set of uh, drivers there. What do you think for those three? I think, I think Bronson and Adenis Serb. I think three wins are very reasonable for them. That's what I have them at, as uh, Kovac was mentioning there. But Brian Shirley, I think he's going to get two. Um, I mean, that's the, if if there's anything that favors Brian Shirley this year, it's the schedule. Uh, you know, very similar 
I think he took a very like similar stance and approach last year to, um, to his decision to run the outlaw tour. Um, just, uh, like Bobby Pierce. I mean, he wouldn't have, Brian Shirley would not have con- considered and he would not be doing this if it, if it weren't for the schedule. And so certainly he knows almost every track during that summer stretch very well, but, um, I, I only see him getting two wins this year. Kyle Bronson, you know, fourth in points last year too. I mean, he isn't, isn't, isn't really too far outside of the mix. So I think he gets three, I mean, he could get four or five, but, um, I think three is a, a solid number. And then I guess we could do the rookie of the year, the candidates for rookie of the year. We have Cody Overton, Max McLaughlin, Tristan Chamberlain, Dustin Sorensen, Parker Martin. Kovac, I'll put those all in one mix. The rookie contingents are least that have committed right now. Will they get over 0.5? Will, one of those, will those guys combined collectively at least get one W this year? Hmm. That's a tough one there because, uh, you know, there, there's not a lot, there's not any, a lot of times you have these rookies and there's, and there's national Some of them already have national wins the way the rookie of the year deals have gone now. And they've already had national wins on, on the world of outlaws or, or the Lucas oil series. Um, none of these guys do. Uh, I mean, there's some like Max McLaughlin. I mean, he's barely even, he's only run a late model once, you know, um, Drake Troutman would probably, and, and Dustin Sorensen, maybe they have the most, uh, you know, five-figure wins, I guess. I, I think Sorensen would have some. But how about, uh, I'll say, yes, Cody Overton gets one. I think Cody Overton uh, nails down one somewhere. I mean, he's a very talented kid. He's got uh, the most experienced um, national touring team with that tri-state transmissions team. Uh, and Cody will get that one win for the rookie, uh, rookie to hold up the rookie flag. All right, really quick, Kyle, you agree or disagree? Over, under, 0.5, you going with Kovacs over? If Drake Troutman um, does stick it out with the series on that outlaw tour, especially, I think he's the guy that can can do that. I think one of the guys can of that class can, but um, I'm going to say none this year. I don't think we're going to see a rookie see victory lane. Um, I think certainly there's like a, a a potential there, but I don't think so. <laughs> A lot of good competition, a lot of guys that have several national touring wins. Uh, we have the guy leading the all-time wins leader on the series, Brandon Shepard, the guy I think all-time in a season with uh, Bobby Pierce, I think is up there right there as well. Um, and he dominated last year. So it'll be very tough for those guys to get a win. But we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be a good time there in Volusia. All right, who's going to win the championship? Who's going to win Rookie of the Year? I'm going to go with my champion first. I think Bobby Pierce wins back to back. I think it's he's on he's on kill. He proved it in Vado. I think if he gets out of Volusia, you know, unscathed and just has runs and doesn't have anything too crazy like with mechanical or motor problems, he he dug himself in a pretty good hole after he left Volusia. I think he's he's going to be just fine if he can keep it under his uh, keep it clean, keep it green. I think he's going to be very tough to beat. I think he's going to leave Florida. Uh, in a better circumstance than he did one year ago. So he's going to win the championship. And then my rookie of the year, I'm going to go with Cody Overton. Kovac mentioned uh, he has the most experienced race team. I think he probably is has you know the most experience as well at, in the dirt late model world. And maybe he can you know show out a little bit and say you know there's more than one Overton in the nation that races 
dirt late models. It's not just always Brandon. So I think Cody wins a rookie of the year title. But we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be all clean fun uh, this year. So those are my predictions. Kovac, we'll go with you and your predictions, and we'll head into one more thing. Um, I'm going to stick on my prediction I made in Fast Talk this week, and that's Chris Madden. I'm saying uh, this is his his time. He's got four. He's run the Outlaws four times. He's got three runner-up finishes, including last year, and a third. I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, he, he's always right up in the mix. Uh, he's had one year there, I think, with the Marler, the year that Marler won. I mean, he was right there. I could have could have won the championship in the last weekend too, uh, but didn't happen. Uh, he's too good, and he's too. I, I, he, I, I just feel like he just put up all the out. I didn't know if he was going to run the whole Outlaw Tour or he's planning to. A couple of days ago, he just put up the whole a whole schedule on his website. So. He's set to go. He has good crew guys. Um, he, I think he's just going to have that determination this year to to get that. He's not going to have those little hiccups, uh, especially now that he's got a longhorn for the whole year, not just a part of the year like he, when he switched midseason last year. He finally gets that. He's due to win it. When you're that good, you have to get one eventually, and and this is going to be his year. <clears throat> he's gonna. I'm not saying he's going to win as many races as Bobby Pierce, but he's going to do what he needs to do to get that championship. And then Cody Overton, he wins Rookie of the Year. Uh, I I just see that, especially because of that race team that he's with, that that's been on the tour for several years with Ryan Gustin, and um and, and they have a crew chief in Talon Center who's uh who's been on the tour also and and knows how to how to handle a handle the rigors of the road that's going to help uh cody get that chance get that rookie of the year all right so me and Kovac decided with overton on rookie of the year different champions how about you kyle mcfadden what do you got for us champion uh undisputed champion is bobby pierce um you know we've talked about him enough on this show today and a lot over over this last year you know his his rise over this last year has been well documented and uh there's still more room apparently for him to grow into you know he still has a stature in the sport that he feels like is is still unfulfilled and uh you know he's hungrier than ever i asked him last year if he's driving if he's driving a little harder now that he didn't win driver of the year and uh he laughed laughed a little bit and brushed that off and uh but i'm sure like subconsciously that's still maybe driving him just a little bit um you know as kovac had said um i mean he just drives in a way that is seems like superior just like energy wise and uh he's just gung-ho every night and i just i just don't see how anybody else at this point as we're recording this uh can match up to that Rookie of the year, I'm, I'm actually going to go uh, with Dustin Sorensen. I think with, in the small sample size that he showed at Votto, finished eighth in points, by the way, there too. Started on the front row or started from the pole of a few heat races. He's learning how to uh, uh, race that new Longhorn chassis. He had Steve Arpin working with him at Votto. He's also going to have him there too at Volusia this week. And um, But – but uh, he's going to have to get through speed weeks here, or at least through uh, Volusia. He's never seen the track before. He's never been down that far south. And so um, certainly an X-factor pick there. But um, I'm going to go with Dustin Sorensen. Uh, and then, so yeah. Come back. You think it'll be a close, tight points battle, huh? 
That's what I'm going to say, too. I, I think this is the first championship battle that goes down to the world final since Marler, Marler won it in 2018. The last, you know, ever since then, it's it's pretty been it's pretty much been, uh, you know, blowouts. Uh, and, and it's determined before we even get to the world finals. This year, it goes right down and we get some excitement, point battle excitement. At least Mar at least Madden and uh, and uh, and Pierce possibly Shepherds in there and too, I, I I say for a, maybe it's a top three uh, battle for the championship Ooh. at the World Finals. Let's let's go. Let's top throw three? it out there. Let's. We'll <laughs> see uh see how accurate we are when we head to the final weekend uh, of the World of Outlaws action at the World Finals at the dirt track at Charlotte, and then we can maybe play this back and just show how embarrassing we were and how wrong we were. But <laughs> yeah, I think right. I think we'll be pretty good on some of these. We'll have to wait and see. Nonetheless, one more thing to finish the show off. Uh, come back. You can start first, buddy. I'll, I'll let you lead off. Please don't take mine. All right. Well, oh, yeah. Well, last <laughs> week I mentioned how Shane Clanton and uh, Chad Smith that uh, were taking over uh, Capital Race Cars, and they made another announcement later in the week, and uh, that they will have a car on the national tour. It's going to have a house car, Capital House car. It's going to be driven by Tony Jackson Jr., uh, who's been in the Capital for a you know a couple of years. He's been working with. Uh, with, uh, you know, Marshall Green there uh, and Shane Clanton for the last couple of years. And now, and Clanton, of course, he's saying that he's not going to be racing too often. I mean, he's going to probably cut it back to 20 years, 20 uh, races uh, uh, overall for the whole season, uh, not running a national tour for the first time. And, you know, geez, in, in, in two decades, he's been running all over the country. Uh, so he's going to be out on the road. He's going to be helping Tony Jackson Jr. when Jackson runs Lucas Oil Series. I mean, that's the plan right now that Luke, that he'll be out there running the Lucas series for the first time. And I mean, Jackson's an accomplished uh, veteran driver from the Midwest who's won Mars, won MLRA titles, um, never run a full, uh, you know, Lucas oil series national tour. Uh, that should be interesting seeing him out there, especially in the number 25 that uh, Clanton has always, uh, you know, been so familiar in. Uh, and, and with Clanton out there helping him, I think that could give him a good shot. You know, he's not going to be the typical rookie, that's for sure, uh, out on the national tour. But it's be interesting to see how he does. Kyle McFadden? Yeah, um, had alluded to this uh, just a few minutes ago, but Drake Troutman had a conversation with him at Votto. And there's been rumors and some rumblings of him sticking it out, choosing some national tour, Wu or Lucas Oil. And uh, he said he's going to be running all the speed weeks, um, all, both of the Lucia stints with, that, with the Outlaws and then all of the Florida Georgia speed weeks on the Lucas Oil series. And then he's going to make a decision. He would like to run a series. Um, he certainly has the funds and, and the means, at least, with his Chris Bragg racing team. Um He's just going to ha have to see where he stacks up. He's not favoring one or the other. He's not leaning toward uh, either or. Uh, he's just going to have to see where he's at uh, standing-wise uh, after the month of February. So certainly something to monitor there. Um, you know, back when I wrote about you know his new deal with Chris Bragg back in, in last uh, November, they weren't really looking to jump into the national touring scene right away, but it looks like uh, those plans have, have changed. So uh, we'll just have to see what develops there. He certainly has the talent for it uh, and certainly has an opportunity uh, there with uh, Chris, Chris Bragg, the Texas uh, based car owner. So 
yeah, I'll be that'll be kind of a surprise and pretty a breath of fresh air, I guess, to see a young guy from Pennsylvania going out on the national scene, uh, the Gateway Dirt Nationals, modified winner on Saturday night, Drake Troutman, uh, always a good guy in the sport, and, uh, just a little kid almost, but who's going to try to tackle one of the national yeah, seasons, how he does. Yeah, so he can now he can finally vote legally. He can finally vote. So, uh, okay, so my one more thing is – it was 11,697 days that it took the Detroit Lions to finally win their first playoff game. So I just want to congratulate my colleague, Kevin Kovac. Uh, 32 years, pretty close. Yeah, 32 years if you count their last victory. That they finally got a playoff win, pulling off Matt Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, this is a racing podcast, but we love sports so much. We love football. We always give Kevin Kovac grief about just how bad and embarrassing the Detroit Lions have been just over the years and just a laughing stock. But to get that win at home uh, had to feel pretty special. So, Kyle, let's give him a clap uh, to congratulate the Detroit Lions on winning their first playoff game. Uh, Kovac deserves it. A long pain and suffering as they take on a very winnable game this week against the yes. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we could see him in the NFC title game. Uh, Kovac, I know Oof. that it was a pretty special day for you Sunday. A uh, very close game as well, but they held on. Uh, did you see, though, uh, Detroit Don? You know who that is, right? Who's that? What? The guy that who? wears – Detroit Don, he wears, like, the Lion, like, gear. He's, like, one of the super fans. Well, he said that ever since uh, Aaron Rodgers threw the Hail Mary uh, against the Lions, whatever that was, in 2014 or 15, the lady behind 15, him had season, yeah. tic- season tickets. Her name's Sprinkles. She didn't. She said she would not go to another game in Detroit until they hosted a home playoff game. Detroit Don said, "Hey, you know what? She's missing. We've never seen her." And then that day, last Sunday, she was in her season ticket seats right behind Detroit Don. So she stuck pretty clear with her uh, statement pretty saying good. she wasn't going to show up. So Sprinkles, congrats to you too. Uh, we know Kovac loves Sprinkles on his ice cream, so I thought that was a cool <laughs> story that you guys could uh, both celebrate a big win and uh, good luck this weekend against the Bucks. Yes, that was a very uh, that, that I'm not used to a playoff victory Monday for the Lions. I was uh, 18 years old the last time one happened. Uh, I was a freshman <laughs> in college when they uh, when they beat the Cowboys. was even born. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't yeah, even was born. In January fall. 1992, it happened, uh, and it's been since that horrible Brett Favre pass that Derek's father <laughs> saw. That was the last game that the Lions had played. 1993 was the last one that they had played at home. And Brett Favre threw that pass to um, Sterling Sharp. And I know Sludge saw that in person. Uh, so finally, they got that out of the way. They got that. And they're good. Now they the, 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 the demons are exercised, especially with Matt Stafford. <laughs> Here we go. Let's go. All right. Detroit Lions play this weekend on Sunday, I believe. But first, we got Thursday, Friday, and Saturday action of Volusia. 1.0 for Speed Weeks kicking off our 2024 campaign. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Can't believe it's here. Florida Georgia Speed Weeks, January and February. Keep your browsers locked in at dirtondirt.com. And then starting next week, we'll have every single lap of the Lucas Oil action during uh, Sped Weeks, as I call it. So until next time, this is the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for watching. <laughs>